0: One of us needs and appreciates all your support.
1: Never can you climb over this wall. You're not strong enough. Girls aren't strong enough. Girls aren't big enough. Your body is fragile and breakable like a doll. Your body is a doll. Your body is for others to admire and to pet. Your body is to be used by others, not used by you. Your body is a luscious fruit for others to bite into and to savor. Your body is for others, not for you. Oh, hello there. I was just reading some blonde by Joyce Carol Oates. The sensationalized, fictitious story of Marilyn Monroe, which also happens to be a Netflix adaptation. What, you say? If you found that uh, passage unpleasant, that is the movie. Uh, It's about three hours long, uh, maybe a little less. And I'll be talking about that movie, starring Ana de Armas as Norma Jean, Marilyn Monroe, with someone who always likes it hot... Ben is with us.
0: Had he? Yeah. Yes, I'm here for all of the daddies you could want. You can't see the face palm, but you can feel it every time I'm going to do that. Yeah. And the best kind of prince for all
1: the showgirls, <laughs> Frank is with us.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have had a few of those daddies that she was talking about. Um and also I, I, I gotta admit I kind of zoned out during that passage when you read it Bradley so but I've only I've only ever read one Joyce Carol Oates novel in my reading lifetime and it was it was the novel called We Were the Mulvaney's which is quite beautiful Um and much better story than this was but you know hey
1: well, no, and you're correct. I didn't finish this novel. I usually brag on this website. <laughs> I'm such an avid reader but I did
2: not finish. You brag part. about it. you. You mean like you should brag about it. I brag about it too because reading is yeah, fundamental, kids. You.
1: Absolutely. So young Norma Jean, li- Lily Fisher, played by Lily Fisher, she has a mommy problem and a daddy problem. Her mother is suffering of not a doctor, But from what I can tell, based on how Hollywood has portrayed this condition, some kind of schizophrenia, and her father is completely absent, just like in real life, the story of Norma Jean's parentage, her father uh, never came about. It's elusive. It's a mystery, which is very sad in the sense that it's setting up her character arc is pretty much wanting a daddy and wanting to be taken care of which she says throughout the film wouldn't it be nice to be taken care of and be a mommy and personally i think that's a cool dream but how the film presents this journey is every man that she could possibly see a a daddy in or a partner to raise a child Is absolutely horrible to her and abuses her in several different ways, be it verbally or mentally, or sometimes physically. And how that journey is kind of like Hollywood, I guess. Or did you guys see any condemnation in Hollywood, or just in
2: not not in Hollywood? It pretty much left the Hollywood uh, angle. I thought I felt like it was kind of well, kind of tame. It didn't have much interest in dealing with her relationship with the industry. Um, apart from one scene, which I think was the only scene that really worked for me was, um, when she was, um, ne- I don't call it negotiating, whatever but she was like negotiating her deal for gentlemen prefer blondes. I thought, well, that's a scene from a movie that I would like to see about Marilyn Monroe. I thought that was, uh, one of the, really the only instance where she was shown as having, um, the, the sort of, um, determination, the clarity, the autonomy that she actually did have in which um and which the other portrayals uh cinematic portrayals have sort of left out, but I think this movie is totally fixated it it has this image of her as this little girl lost and will not let that image go, and it just really just carries that it it, it you know it, it it sloppily carries that <clears throat> for about three hours and um and it, it lets it lets it lets her down ultimately
0: I think. In a lot of ways, it does better a little bit than you're giving it credit for, Frank. It does play up a lot of the times about how smart Norma actually was. Like she was very well read and a very smart person got about from this, different you plays got that and from this playwrights. Though? Really? Yeah, I, but there's a lot of where they play that down because of how long they build out things. I mean, we say you say like how bad you know other people, especially men, are to her, but. Honestly, like because of that knowledge and that ability to understand the works is how, you know, she has her connection with Arthur Miller, who here, of course, is not really named, but it's played by Adrian Brody as a playwright that she marries. And honestly, I would say almost to the film's detriment, that is also the relationship that they least show anything abusive in there. There's like a hint at about how he wrote about her and that might have been bad, but it's like you still left out the biggest things that he did about writing about her that was the things that were the issues with their marriage and the end of their marriage. You know, when uh, you know, he wrote her into, you know, plays in films where it's just like, she gives great performances, but she feels abused and hated by that. But that's not ever really expressed well here. And the, the distance in their relationship, they don't even show the breakup no. in this movie. They literally say, all right, now let's skip a few years to when they're already divorced. And here's more sensationalized things about, Stuff never proven about her with JFK, and moving from there, and her life just deteriorating. Like
2: one of the problems I have about this movie, there's nothing really concrete that happens here. It's 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 so uh, it's 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 so focused on the imagery and it, it's sort of abstract nature that it forgets to actually have real moments and and true moments. And I get that this is a fictionalized version, the novel from when it was published in 2000 was not sold as a as a factual biography it's sold as as an imagined version of this woman's life but you know this movie is so detached from reality i i can't imagine anyone who's never um explored marilyn monroe beyond her movies getting any any sense of her that was um anything but this you know th- this little you know, fractured bird, or whatever you want to, whatever you want to call her. I mean, she was well read. She was bright. Uh, she was very witty. She was very funny. She was very kind. Um, none of that comes across here, for my money.
1: Yeah, one of the quotes on Marilyn Monroe I read. I really wish I would have cited it because I don't remember who said it. But they said Hollywood or the industry wanted a hot. Dumb blonde, and Norma Jean was neither of those things.
2: Mm, that's true. Yeah,
1: and that kind of broke my heart a little bit. And then I thought, why didn't the past three hours break my heart like that single sentence did?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: speaking of the sensationalization, everything, the myths, the legends. Uh, Evan Williams plays Eddie Robinson Jr., and Xavier Samuel plays Cass Chaplin. Now, according to this film, which I could find no truth behind, but again, we're talking about a fictitious movie, they had uh, what I like to call inappropriate threesome pound town adventures with Marilyn. And I didn't understand any of
0: it. No. Well, so I'm glad
1: you two are here to explain what was the point of that. Because we've had threesomes. Beginning... <laughs> kids.
0: Yeah, I mean, I feel like oh. those two were wonderfully played. Like I felt like those were some of the more interesting characters in this movie for that whole period, and it actually made the first part of this movie actually more bearable because I felt like something was going on and they were at least trying to tell some story with them. But even that just fades out. So just like the story got bored of it, even though I felt like they gave a really wonderful performance as that trio together. They had great chemistry, the three, and, of
2: them. they really did. And. You you, you, yeah. you have a feeling like like you, you wish their scenes would continue. There's a scene when the scene when they're on the beach, the three of them. Oh, well, that was dynamite! That was a good scene, but it's like, but but that's not the movie we're we're, get, we're getting, and it's um that's the problem here. It just it, it, this this movie just drifts endlessly.
0: It it even had me looking up uh you know Xavier Samuel because I was like, where do I know this guy from? Because I didn't really know him from anything else. Because Honestly, he does stand out in his scenes. He's so good in this. And it's just a shame that these characters are... I mean, they're not made-up people, but this relationship is made up. And then the movie even seems to lose interest in it to try to stay to the story, which, I mean, look, to their credit, I think Bobby Carnevale is great in there as Joe DiMaggio, but they also don't even do the best credit to Joe DiMaggio. I mean, look, yes, it's fully known that he did have a bit of controlling and jealousy in their relationship, but he also, like you know, reconvene with Marilyn towards the end of her life um, after their breakup and actually reconciled and might be the person who loved her the most naturally out of anyone really in her life. We don't get that. Um,
2: Fun fact, if you want to call it a fun fact, he was a a pallbearer at her funeral.
0: Oh, wow. He paid paid for her funeral. He arranged it. Yeah. So, I mean, literally they got back together after she broke up with Arthur Miller um and basically reconnected it's like you could have connected any of that it would have been a better story if you addressed her need for love with finding you know somebody that she could trust into but they really just didn't seem to know what they wanted to do even with that last act besides that you know there's a beautiful ending you know but it's not it doesn't feel like it actually wants to address anything with her life it feels like it wants to sensationalize even further as i said like they bring in jfk and they bring it in in the most even like disgusting men are all disgusting way, and it's just like this. Look,
2: the film is so concerned with um, with Marilyn Monroe, the myth, and yeah. it just it it seems so intent on just continuously mythologizing her and 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 mythologizing slash degrading her. At the same time, like I kind I I don't think that this. I I've not read the book. I, I I don't know what Joyce. If this is the if this is the image that Joyce Carol Oates had in that novel, but Andrew Dominic does not seem to like Marilyn Monroe. Um, you know, he, you know, he he definitely didn't study her, for lack of a better term. It's aimless, but it's also kind of, I mean, it, it's aggressive. It's it's. I, I just feel like like, like there, there's so much. Um, I don't want to say hatred, but there's just so much like you know,
1: I mean, disdain,
2: disdain, and so, so much hostility toward toward her. And uh, I mean, I don't, I, just, I just don't know how you can make a movie like this about about someone who's who's still so revered and who you know. I wish I could. I wish I wish I knew more what his vision was. I wish I could hear him explain this more. And I'm sure he does in some interviews. I just I, I just haven't looked them up. But I I, I don't know.
0: What I got to say is it feels like he uses her as much as he's as the story in the film is trying to say everyone else used her. And and that's more disturbing and depressing to me the whole way through. I'm like, look, you don't have to have these scenes of glamorizing her being abused in the spotlight that go on for like three minutes to five minutes. Please stop that. But it is abusing that glamorizing of her the same way the people are. And you don't like it's like, look, at a point after like an hour into the movie where they've done that three times already, it's like we get it. This is the thing that's happening. The press is bad, but you're still doing the same thing here. And I mean, it's not anything at fault to De Armas. I think she's doing wonderful work here. I think she's done it. The reason
2: that this film is watchable is her. her, And and, uh, nothing pains me more than a a stellar performance in a really bad film. I'm looking at you, Meryl Streep, and the Iron Lady. You know, nothing, you know, doesn't that just break your heart? Uh, um I mean,
1: Oscar-winning Meryl Streep performance. I mean, it's, it's, isn't it? it's an
2: Oscar-worthy performance, but uh, as is this. But I mean, when I mean, you see it in, in, in a film that 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 so doesn't deserve it, it just, um, it's just it's just breaks your heart. This film does not deserve it. This, this film does not deserve her.
1: Well, I do want to talk about the uh, baby elephant in the room. So throughout this picture, Norma Jean seems to be perpetually pregnant, and I thought, oh, okay. This is her inner child that society is trying to kill her. Got my, you know, got my monocle on, kill off the inner child, Norma Jean, and become the myth, Marilyn. I understand you, movie. But then the movie has tons of abortion and miscarriage scenes. So I'm thinking, oh, was she pregnant all the time? And that's just something I missed throughout history. I thought she was only pregnant twice. She did suffer from endometriosis as well, which caused a miscarriage
0: resulted in the
1: miscarriage it's
0: implied in this movie she's pregnant at least three times at least, which from like several ever. different men
1: and we never know which men for which reason from which time of the horrible abuse now the reason why I bring it up she's constantly having conversations with this fetus and not necessarily the way that a mom talks to her belly but almost like no, not a mom way. talks to <laughs> I can't even explain it how did you guys feel about it? did these scenes mean anything to you? Uh,
2: they did not no, as soon as I saw the okay. as soon as I saw the sperm hit the eggs, I, I was like, no, I'm not I'm not
0: doing this. I'm <laughs> yeah. not on board with this.
1: They were the stars,
0: Frank. Oh my gosh. The, the first one almost works because they frame it around her going for an abortion, which again still not proven that actually ever happened, though reasonable chance it might have, because endometriosis can be caused by uh issues from previous abortion. Just to know for people out there who are gonna be the history buffs on this but like the reason that it only works the first time is because there's not really much of her actually talking to the kid until like she's supposedly being put under for that abortion which at least you're like okay that makes sense and then they just continue it and the best i could put together for that is they're trying to imply that she had an imbalance just like her mother had and that was that that was the best i could put together for why those scenes existed in this movie and made any sense but just like most things in this movie it feels almost like it it's padding for just again sensationalizing. Yeah,
2: it's uh, there's nothing salvageable about those scenes. You don't get you you don't get a better sense of her. I don't I don't think. I mean, I don't know why he did that. I don't know why he did much of anything in this film. To be honest with you, they did nothing. They did nothing for me. I think that there was a better way. I do believe that that the point of her wanting to be a mother to be the kind of mother uh that 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 she herself never had um i believe that's a valid point worth exploring if that would if that's the point that they were trying to make with these with these segments um they didn't make it it was it, it was laughable there, there's no sincerity there's no um earnestness to those scenes uh, whatsoever for my money
1: Well, carry that, and uh, why don't you carry that money into your final (laughs) 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 pause. Deposit that at the ATM. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh,
2: Yeah. So one of my favorite uh, books is called The Devil's Candy, and it's about uh, the making of the Brian De Palma film, The Bonfire of the Vanities, from 1990 um which uh, was an adaptation of a really famous book from the 80s and uh it chronicles the making of the movie from the casting all the way to the premiere and the aftermath and uh, if anyone's ever s- knows anything about the bomb of the vanities the movie is that it was a colossal bomb i kind of like it but it was a colossal bomb and apparently after the test one of the test screenings for that movie uh, not not even a test screening just uh an industry an industry screening for executives and producers and whatnot one of the producers said you have to be a genius to make a movie this bad and there's a chapter in that book called you need to be a genius to make a movie this bad and i think that's that that applies to this i think that andrew dominic has made a visually very stunning film it's never dull to look at I almost didn't mind that it switched scene to scene from black and white to color mainly, mainly cuz I didn't really care what was happening on the screen after a certain point but um it it's it's a visually very very striking film and it's it's saved almost entirely by Anna de uh performance and I know that she still has Hints of her accents, but I think this does Marilyn Monroe a disservice. I don't think that anyone who doesn't know the nuts and bolts about Marilyn Monroe's life will get anything from this. This is just drowning in its abstract nature um it It, it feels like a thirty five million dollar you know film that a college film student would would have made it's 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 on the surface and it's a really dirty surface to be honest with you so yeah there's nothing there's nothing there's really nothing so i'm gonna give (laughs) this uh give this four out of ten uh times i've um called guys daddy in bed yeah i went i I went for it (laughs) i had to
1: home run
0: (laughs) ben your final thoughts yeah, I'm not going to belabor it much more than I think we all have. And Frank really hit a lot of those points there. It's it's a movie that adds nothing to the mythos of Marilyn Monroe except for just muddying it. And it, honestly, I can't even say I'm worried this is going to you know confuse some people to believe theories and falsehoods because I don't think anyone else is going to sit through three hours of this. People will be like, oh, look at that. And then it's going to be a Mr. Skin later seeing Anna DeArmas' tits for, you know, look, as a you know pansexual man. Not going to complain about those scenes. Very attractive woman. But it's like, cool. That's going to be what most guys and people are going to like remember this movie for because it's boring as shit. Honestly, three hours of trying to watch this, I just sat there going, man, the things I do for reviews. Like, It's easier when it's a short movie. That sucks. At least I know I'm going to have free time afterwards. But in here, uh, <laughs> this is a director I generally like. I mean... Killing Them Softly and The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford are good films. Dominic has done good films. Even The latter of those is also three hours long and actually succeeds in making a three-hour movie that is generally compelling. He didn't do that here. De Armas deserves pretty much all the credit in this movie. I do hope she gets the nominations she deserves for that. I think Bobby Cannavale does a fine job as Joe DiMaggio, I think Andrew Brody does a serviceable job as Arthur Miller. I don't think he does anything amazing with that character. Not his fault. I think there's just not a lot written there. And I would say Xavier Samuel um, and uh, Evan Williams as Eddie Robinson Jr. and Charlie Chaplin Jr. are actually other standouts. So I'd like to see one of them, if not both of them, get a Best Supporting Actor nomination, actually, because I think they were the only other lifeblood in this movie at any goddamn point. Um And that just means you should watch maybe the first 45 minutes of this movie if you have any interest, because that's the end of interesting points, in my opinion. So I am going to give this three out of 10 daddies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. so this for me was it was painful to watch because Marilyn Monroe is in a lot of sex scenes. Right. But they're all horrible. They're all abusive
2: it with your mother in law, by the way.
1: I I did not. My mother-in-law did attempt to watch this on her own, and she couldn't even finish it. <laughs> but yes, all the sex is happening to her, and it, n- there's never a breath of fresh air where maybe she can enjoy sex. It's like someone bet they could make a film so gratuitous and vile that even Sam Levinson would say, this is a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't care for it i kind of hate it (laughs) and i mostly hate that i can't even think of ways to make it interesting for me because like i i love trying to be pretentious like oh norma jean the child the woman the legend like none of that is here it's just all who's gonna torture this poor woman next and then we have to watch her say she loves them Mm, jeez daddy don't you love me and then the happiest moments of her life are when it's over yay movie (laughs) so i'm just gonna give this three out of ten tiny little you know tiny little cell phones that your fetus can dial you up with collect and tell you how it's doing
2: did you guys see that thing on Twitter where it's like uh I was on Twitter, it was on IMDb, but someone said like you know, most people have not been able to make it past the first 20 minutes. We did the whole thing, guys. We we, we made it through. <laughs> we did it. We did it, heroes. We heroes. We definitely took one for this for I don't know whatever team, but we we took one.